keep Rayman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital to pledge. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello, welcome everyone to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael Flores, your host, and today I am in the studio swimming in the Back to Tanks backwards and naked with David. Hello, David. Hello, everybody. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Bounty Hunter number nine titled Terminus Gauntlet Part Two, Quadrant of One. If that doesn't sum up Baylor <laughs> Valance, I don't know what does. Yeah. Squadron of One. When I read that, when I first opened up the page and I saw the part two title, Squadron of One, I just got really giddy. I was like, <laughs> this is so fucking good. You're, and I already knew what we were going to see. We're going to see Valance take on everyone. And that's exactly what we got. Yeah. Pretty much even the uh, Rebels. And I love, dude, how this series is portraying both sides whether they're empire or rebel they both are seen as stupid (laughs) (laughs) well because it's from his perspective he's very cynical so because of that we get we get a very a version of rebels and empire that are just not what we typically see yeah they're putzes yeah (laughs) all right so the terminus gauntlet continues trapped on a rebel transport under attack by pirates valance must make a desperate gambit to survive but little does the cyborg bounty hunter know he's on a collision course with his old rival Dengar. Plus, a familiar face makes a shocking return with a plan that will change the underworld forever. So something I think we forgot to mention during our last discussion was the return of Hondo Onaka's gang. Yes. But there's new leadership. Did we talk about that? We no, did, we did we? not. Yeah, so Onaka's gang is back, minus Hondo. There's a new leader that's in charge. He's a little more bloodthirsty, more bad. He doesn't seem to be good. He seems a little mean-spirited, a true pirate, if you will. Yeah. It does make you wonder where Hondo is at. Do we know where he's at at this time? We don't. We don't right? know. But after I mean, Rebels, we don't know what happened to him, correct? Yeah, we don't know what happened after Rebels. And you also got to remember, Hondo... Hondo was never really good at having a crew because that was the whole running gag in rebels right. is like his crew was Ezra. <laughs> and that was it. And like every time Ezra would show up, Hondo would be happy because he has his crew back. And I'm yeah. like, it's the only one. He Everyone has. tried to claim poor Ezra. Like even Darth Maul was like, you're my apprentice. I'm what? <laughs> what? You're my pirate crew. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. <laughs> and like, 
it makes so much sense when we get to actually see what happened to the crew because that was big a question in in like from Clone Wars. Well, Hondo had like this huge crew that was they were all good pirates. Yeah. They were they were good at what they did. And suddenly Hondo was I guess you could say he was annexed out. And then like when he left, it was kind of cool seeing that they just got more bloodthirsty. Yeah. Meanwhile, Hondo Hondo's not bloodthirsty. Hondo's you know, I don't want to say he's dumb, but <laughs> he's more simplistic. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He just wants to have a big score. That's it. But he wants to do it as easy as possible. <laughs> and that, and that's what I, I crack up at when you look at the just when you look at the parallel of like where his crew is now. They're more bloodthirsty. They attack everybody, and yet they don't get anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I feel like this is a welcome change, though. I've never been a huge fan of uh, Hondo to begin with. I, I don't hate him, but I'm not like an I'm not advocating to see him more often. However, because of the nature of his story and the direction it took, he no longer really became a viable threat as a villain. No. So removing him from the gang, I feel like was a good move because if Hondo was the one leading this crew to take down the rebel transport with Dengar. Oh no. No, no. one would believe that anything bad's going to happen cuz Hondo's a good guy and he doesn't really do anything bad per se. Yeah. Though so I like the change here. I feel like it was intentional so it does bring up the suspense a bit more. All right, so this issue was a bit light on substance but heavy on action it felt like a bit of a bridge issue to get us to the next portion of the story and even though it was light on substance what they were doing was obvious and because of that because this is serving as a connection a a way to connect the, the first half or the opening what eight issues yeah and moving into 10 and then, of course, the Bounty Hunter crossover. I feel like this completely worked for me. And even though it was light on substance, they didn't leave us to simply read an issue entirely superficial. No, it's not. I I, I don't think it, it's it entirely superficial. Not I think all. there there is still something themes that are being still. I don't want to say fleshed out, but continued, especially with yes. when you open up with Valance's more background on that that moment of Valance when he gets left behind by the Empire, which we all know that is his defining moment as a character. When he gets left on the planet and he's expecting the Empire to come back for him and, and instead they abandon him. They, they flat out abandon him and that starts what I feel is his true character arc where he goes from this person who thinks he's doing the right thing and sacrificing everything, but then finding out that, yeah, all the sacrifice you're doing for others doesn't mean anything because no one's, no one's caring about your sacrifice. Dude, spot on, man. And then, and then when you get to the point, the thing I love the most was they added that scene. They regurgitated that scene that we all know of Han coming back. And then what is what does Valance do? And it, it it's exactly like how it plays out in his origin, where he says, "Oh, the Empire sent you. Thank God, this Empire sent you." And Han tells him, "No, the Empire didn't send us. We chose to come and get you." 
And then the, it cuts to basically present day at that point because it continues. I felt after this issue, while there wasn't much substance behind it, I liked the continuing theme here of kind of getting to the person who Valance is. Because to me, that's still a mystery is like, why is Valance doing all this stuff? Yeah, we don't know him we don't, fully. We don't know him fully, yeah. but we're finally getting an idea that there's this almost like the last couple of issues, you get the sense that Valance is this guy that basically sacrificed everything. All his choices he made, he made for other people. Why did he leave the home planet, his home planet? Because he had to protect his, his village. So he joins the empire to protect the woman that she, she loves. Well, she, or, did he change or his pronouns? Hero, sorry. Right. And I then I never realized that. <laughs> and then when he sacrifices everything for the empire, they leave him on a dirt planet to die. Yeah. And they keep bringing that back. You know, for many reasons, I feel like in this issue it has more to do with expanding the idea of solo, the solo aspect, as you were bringing up a few moments ago. Yeah, because the whole idea that he owes him for saving his life. I'm sure this is going to be a huge aspect moving into that massive Star Wars Marvel crossover. Oh, yeah. That part is obvious. And I just want to say that I fucking appreciate that the writers are setting the stage that Ethan Sachs is setting the stage for this crossover because there's nothing worse, Dave, than being in the middle of a story and then the brakes are slammed so that, oh, this next issue, we're going to be uh, dealing with a crossover for the next two or three exactly. months and we're just going to halt the story we've been doing. It just bleeds into it. Yeah. Whereas know? this feels more organic and yes, it bleeds into it. It works that much better. And and the one thing that I really do appreciate is like you, you have like this sense that yes, we're leading more into the, uh, into the idea of a further story down the line that's going to connect to solo but it's kind of like also still continues the idea. Why, why is Valance doing the stuff that he does? Is it because out of like this weird sense of honor that he has with everyone, like how he came back for lash. Yeah, we see, all thought, we all thought that he was going out for revenge on lash. Yeah. But in the end you find out, no, he wasn't going out for revenge. Yeah. I feel like all of it is multi-purposed and it multi-layered. Is. It's all about Valance. Yes. Sure. The crossover is just around the corner, but that doesn't mean Sax is going to stop working and fleshing out, working on Valance and fleshing him out further because he's just making it that much more um, a part of his story. Because I like to see how Valance interacts with people that mm-hmm. he feels are good people. They're good. Maybe someone he feels a type of kinship toward, like the young rebel fighter that ends up allowing him to escape from the holding cell. And they furthered the idea that he really does just want to help David. I think it's as simple as that. You were, you just posed the question, like, why does he do these things? And honestly, I think it's the, I think the answer is right in front of, front of us. How many times now have we said that he is a good person? I feel like that's the reason why he's helping. It's that simple. He wants to help people, not necessarily the rebel Alliance, nor does he want to help the empire, but the people, yeah. the individual is important to him. The life of that individual is important and not their war. Not their war, In fact, he feels like many of these people are being manipulated and taken advantage of. And that's why he feels like it's his responsibility to help the people that he can 
whenever it doesn't mean him getting involved directly with any one side. Yeah. I love that story because I do not believe we've ever seen a character that's just a good person. He doesn't have political affiliations necessarily. He does have his own set of ideology and that ideology tells him to run away from political affiliation. Political affiliation. So when he chooses to act, it's not because of some loyalty to a set of ideology, but to preserving life. He doesn't want to see people sacrifice sacrifice themselves to further a set of political beliefs because that's what happened to him. Yes. And that and that's that's what makes characters like Valance and Afra so special to me when it comes to comics because they're so complex. I, they're I simple. Star Wars specifically. Yeah. Not just comics, just Star Wars as a whole. Like we know say for example Afra, we know Afra's a bad person. We know she is. Yeah, she's not good. She's not good. But she she makes decisions selfishly, even though they might come out in the good. She is awesome to watch, but, but she is a terrible person. She's a terrible person. <laughs> and you look at Valance. Valance is the opposite. You look at him and you think he's a terrible person. But down deep inside, when you see what he's been through, what he what he chooses to do, the sacrifices he makes are for others. They're not for him. And, he's, and you realize he's not a selfish person. He's have a we, good person. Dude, that's a good point because have we seen him make one decision that is good for him? Never. Because not he not chooses, once in nine issues. He chooses, he chooses everyone else. He chooses basically to help anybody else besides himself. Yeah. And, you know, you can say that basically that's also a negative because, you know, a person who just hates himself. We've talked about how Valance hates himself. It's very similar to a character like me that, that me and you lo- love dearly is John Constantine. Constantine's like not a bad person. Right. He just makes bad decisions. I feel like there's a, a misconception when it comes to hating yourself. People find, you know, they all gravitate to that political thought or not political, that poetic thought about um, what is it? What's the saying? How can you love others if you don't love yourself? yourself. That's bullshit. It is bullshit. Like, sometimes <laughs> you can hate yourself and you strive to love others because love it others. makes you feel better about yourself and not because yes. you're doing it for selfish reasons, but you realize that you care about others just because you don't care about yourself doesn't mean you can't you care, care for other people. people. And I feel like that's a very realistic story it because is. when have we ever gotten a story about a character in Star Wars that despises who who he is and yet he's such a good person and he tries to do the right things i mean you could say vader but anakin i don't feel like ever hated himself i feel no, like he anakin was an individual who was very consumed with himself he was very yeah. selfish he was very selfish i don't i don't feel like he's ever hated himself no ever even after he turned to vader i don't think he hated himself he had this weird way of thinking to where he could turn everything to being someone else's fault and when yes. you have the ability to turn the tables on people and make it out to be someone else's fault. How can you ever hate yourself when you are never to blame in your yeah. mind? And that, that's why, you know, when well, the poetic thing about Anakin is like at the very end, he, bl- he blames everybody else except himself. And then when he does blame himself, he includes himself to everybody to the point that he dis- disassociates himself and creates another new persona in Darth Vader. And look at Valance. Valance does not like himself and yet he tries to 
be better, be better by helping people. And yeah, that, that shows that he's a good person, even yeah. though you look at him. And as I said, you, uh, on, on the outside appearance, he looks like the sign of a scum, a scum and villainy. Yeah. But like down deep inside, he's a good guy trying to actually do the right thing. He's an angry person. He's very he's angry. He's full of anger. And that anger has everything to do with himself. And, and it's <laughs> completely understandable, too. I mean, yeah. even even the rebels. I was I, I was reading the I love this series to the point that I can get very passionate and emotional about like the dialogue and the dialogue of the stupid rebel leader. Who basically treats he treats Valance and says, "Oh, he's just a cyborg," and I'm like going, "So you're just basically a dickhead." Who? <laughs> well, I feel like at first I was like, "Why would a rebel leader be be like that? Why would someone write a rebel leader to act like that? It just feels a little inconsistent with but what we know." But it makes sense though. But it makes sense at the end because. He's a traitor, right? He's a traitor. That's, okay. I wasn't quite sure because we didn't see him kill someone, but we did see him pull his gun out on one of his own people. Because he's willing to actually betray the Rebel Alliance to save his own skin. Do you think that's what he's doing or do you think he's actually an inside guy? I think he's doing it to actually just save his own skin. I like I like your I like your idea better because but, that because we're dealing with a very complex story in a very simple way. Yeah. Because, I hate to call this this comic book series complex because then people who aren't reading it may think, oh, my God, this is a, a 150% RMD score comic book. This is a very simple comic series, but that doesn't mean it isn't complicated emotionally. There's a lot of things within the subtext. So to have a character that betrays his own people so that he can save himself is a beautiful parallel with our lead, Valance, who actually does the opposite. So I, I'm i a big fan of this series. I know we say this every issue, but it's it's we have to say it. So I'm sure Valance has some suspicions about this traitor. Oh, easily, because yeah. like, especially since to me, that whole dialogue between him and the mechanic and the uh, rebel leader... When the rebel leader is like trying to say, well, I'm doing this for the betterment of my crew because I only have like, I have to, I have to be accountable for the 15 lives on this ship and the rebel alliance didn't help me out. They didn't actually send any, any help for us. And it's like, all he's doing is making excuses. And you can tell in, in Valance's dialogue, he sees it. He sees that he's like. You're just making excuses. You just want to save your own freaking skin at this point. I hope that traitor gets it good. I do too. Because the way the issue ended with Valance <laughs> faking everyone out, thinking that he left to he left into hyperspace, and then he's climbing up the side of the fucking transport in space. I'm like, dude, this is fucking good. <laughs> like, I got really giddy. He has a giant fucking gun. Yes. He's just walking up the side of the And he can do this because he's a cyborg. Because he doesn't need to he doesn't the beautiful part about the whole thing is the whole issue. The rebel leader and even the pirate are downplaying Valance because he's not human. And they don't realize that Valance being a cyborg has advantages over them. And I love the fact that basically the guy who is le- is being treated as less human that he doesn't understand about being human is the one that truly understands about being human and making sacrifices and willing to go that extra step to save lives. Okay. 
what you just said, David, is a better way of saying what I was trying to say a few moments ago about simplicity versus complicated. Complicated. Because sure, the plot, the plotting is simple, but what is actually going on? Everything you just said, Dave, that's complicated writing. That's complicated writing. You have to be able to interpret it. You have to be, as a reader, you have to, you have to sort through what's actually going on. And that's why I love what Ethan Sachs is doing overall, because the guy has managed to skate the line between over-the-top Star Wars action, mainstream type of title, you know, storytelling with something that's relevant. Because if he would have done the exact same story and given us something that was just truly filled with substance and didn't give us all the action and explosion, most Star Wars fans would probably snub it. Yes. But he knows his audience and he's giving Star Wars fans what they want. And he's also giving those people who do tend to want more from their reads in the way of uh, of subtext and intellectualism. He is giving that to them as well. And I think it's a I think it's a great title, Dave. I have read a lot of Star Wars comics throughout my life a lot. And this is definitely one of the better ones there have. There were some great Dark Horse stories Oh, yeah. And I, I probably put most of the Dark Horse stories above what we're getting nowadays, except for possibly Dr. Afra, which I think is one of the greatest Star Wars comic book titles of all time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking specifically about the first six volumes. The The new volume st- that started what, a year ago. Yeah. I'm not, about quite, ago. I'm not quite sure yet if it's as good, but the Cy Spurrier run and the Kieran Gillen run is fucking superb. And I feel like Valance is also going to. Uh, bounty hunters, I should say. I, I feel like it's also going to serve or it's going to stand, I should say, the test of time. And y- years down the road when people find the trade paperbacks, they're going to fucking read it and they're going to enjoy the hell out of it. It's just going to take time because right now in the way of Star Wars, you have an ongoing Vader series. You have an ongoing Luke and Han series. You have miscellaneous side stories. There's a lot in the way of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And because of that, people are probably choosing the bigger titles like Vader and the regular Star Wars title. But years down the road, when they find those trade paperbacks, they're going to read this and they're going to kick themselves when they realize how great it is and they didn't pay attention to it. And I'm hoping because people are not paying attention to this as much as they should, there's definitely a, a readership. Oh, yeah. But it's not as big as the other titles. Not yet. I'm hoping that because of that, it does not get canceled. I'm hoping this becomes one of those titles that is ongoing, like Afra, like Star Wars, and like Vader. I hope so, too, because, like, Star Wars, listen, I like the stories of the characters that we all love and cherish. Yes, of course. The Skywalker characters are gold to me. I understand that we need titles of those characters. However, the characters that I think are more important for Star Wars are the brand new characters they're doing right now, where you have like characters like an Afro, like a Valance. If they ever get off their rear end and do a Staros one, I would actually give Staros a chance and read a series on it. I would too, because it's new. It's new. Exactly. David, we need new. We need new. If we're not careful, Vader, and I want to be careful because I love the Vader titles. I think they're fucking great. But if we're not careful, what you're going to turn Marvel Star Wars into is basically another Batman. Exactly. Where all they publish is 75,000 Batman titles and we never actually get anything else 
that people may like because Batman sells. Yeah. And if they're not careful, Star Wars slash Lucasfilm slash Marvel might end up turning themselves into uh, a victim of that by accident because, hey, Vader and Star Wars sells. So let's just always do this. And let's not worry about these side stories or these side characters that could also be just as better, if not, if not better, because they're fresh, they're unique, they're new characters. Because if I was Lucasfilm, you know what I would do? I would spend all my time. I understand it's a business. I understand we need to make money. That's a given. And I would definitely put out those titles that make the money for sure. You'd be a fool not to if you were in charge of this side of things. But at the same time, I would make it a point to say, also, we need longevity. And honestly, there's only so much Luke, Han, and Leia we can do. There's an expiration date on those characters. There is. There's only so many comics you can, how, there's only so many stories you can tell with those characters. And same thing with Vader. There's only so much time and stories we can tell within a 20 year period between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope. And what I would be doing is starting a bunch of other titles and spending a lot of time focusing on developing those characters so that the comic books have a future rather than just simply latching, latching on to tie in stories. Like, for example, Hey guys, Mandalorian's a hit. Now let's do a five year run of Mandalorian. Now that the series is done, let's do a prequel to the Mandalorian series because that's what's going to happen. We're going to get comic books based on our TV shows rather than new characters. And that's why I am telling people and I'm advocating that you go out and purchase Dr. Afra and Star Wars Bounty Hunters because it will help us continue to get better fresher titles so all right dave you know enough of my soapboxing here (laughs) let's get on the let's move into our final thoughts okay how about you start us off with your rmd score it's 100 no oh (laughs) wow no no, i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna go that far i'm gonna go that far not yet uh i i still think that this even though it was a very simplistic issue and i agree with you it was a very simplistic it kind of like it was borderline. It could have felt like a throwaway part of the story that were just meandering along. However, the continuation of the themes that are going on and developing further, you know, our idea of what makes Valance the person, you know, yeah, it's cool seeing, seeing him, you know, hanging, hanging on the side of a starship and wielding a huge gun. Fantastic. I love it. I love it too, and but I love the fact that basically we're getting even a more deeper dive into what makes him him. Even why though, does he make? Why does he make the cho- choices he does? Even when it's subtle, like in this issue, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah, and it it furthers that idea that we as fans, and I know a lot of fans look at Valance and go, "Oh, he's the bounty hunter. He's this badass. He's this uh, throwback to the 80s, uh, 80s heroes, that one-liners and everything. But they fail to recognize that basically Valance, at the end of the day, is a good person. And he's one of the few good people in the Star Wars universe where he's at that does what he does out of being a good person. That he makes good decisions. I mean, how many how many times the, just the, the, the parallel of Afra and him is just night and day. We all, and I've always harped this about bounty hunters and compare, when I compared Afra to, to Valance, we know Afra's a bad person. She looks great. 
She does fantastic things. She's a genius and she's the smartest person in the world room. But just like what her, what her droid, uh, masters slash servant would tell her she's just as bad as him at the end of the day. Valance, he looks like the part, he looks like the part of a villain, but he's not, he's a good guy. He, he makes sacrifices. He's never made decisions based on selfish intent. Like Afra does. And that's what, for me, that's what makes this more compelling because they took an old star Wars character that is classically a villain and turned him into a hero. And that is freaking awesome. And I think that Ethan Sachs up to this point has been doing great. My score for this one is easily a 90. I gave this issue a 90. It's a really good title. It's a good follow through to the setup, what we're going to be getting down the line. And I'm really excited to see what Valance, how Valance plays out in the big, uh, big scheme of things. Okay. All right, Dave, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, my score is going to differ a bit. It's going to be an 83%. Um, it's still a great comic book. Um, there are some little things here and there, but overall it works. It is a bridge issue. Um, and I do like everything you said, Dave, especially when it comes to how, despite, I should say, despite the simplicity, they still manage to carry over those important themes and the 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 subtext that continues to work for Valance's story, those elements are still there, despite the fact that overtly we're dealing with a very simple story. And because of that, I'm happy with this issue. And as long as they continue to remember what this story is about, that's what's really cool about Ethan Sachs as a writer for this series, is that it's not about a bounty hunter. It's not about the world of Star Wars. It's not about the Rebel Alliance. It's not about the Empire. It's about one man. That's what the story's about. Yes, it's it about one man. I love it. It is so good. All right. I want to thank everyone for listening. Also, before we go, I want to remind everyone about our Patreon page. David and I, we do additional Star Wars discussions every single month exclusively for Patreon. So if you head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge, $5 or more a month, you'll gain access to additional shows every single month that we do. We have a few things in the works uh, from the Patreon side this month, and you're not going to want to miss out on that. So patreon.com slash Digital. Thank you, David. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, uh, yes. Ah! <laughs>